On today's Locked on Jayhawks, previewing Kansas versus North Carolina Central. The real season is here for the Jayhawks basketball team, number one in the preseason AP poll. See what they can do in their opener. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. Find us on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show. And on today's edition of the show, we're previewing Kansas versus North Carolina Central. Jayhawks' first regular season game of the year, the two exhibitions in the books. Uh, now they have two regular season games, and that'll hopefully get them cranked up for the Kentucky game in the Champions Classic. Before we get into any of that, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Kansas takes on North Carolina Central. The opening line that I saw on FanDuel is at 27 and a half. The over-under is 141 and a half. So you put that together, that means they're projecting something to the tune of like 84 to 57, somewhere in that range for KU. Probably a chance that KU holds NC Central under that or right around that. I don't know if you feel confident in the KU shooting. Maybe the under is the way to go, but I, I hate betting over-unders on uh, things like this game early in the year where you don't know how you know some of the backups, if you get up big, are going to close out a game. Anyway, but the big storylines, obviously, number one, this is the real thing for KU basketball. This is the season opener. And uh, as much as we've hemmed and hawed about this or that with the three-point shooting or some struggles in the exhibition or some of the things you've done well in the exhibition or the offseason or the, the talent and potential of certain players or the team, this is now when it's for real. This is when it counts. This is when everything does matter and you show what you truly are this season. Uh, so it's not like a, you know, it's not the Champions Classic to open up the season. It's not an opponent that is, you know, going to have TV companies being like, how do we put this on ESPN? Please, everybody watch it. But it is a game that it now counts and these player performances are going to start to rack up, right? Uh, another big storyline, Kevin McCuller dealing with an injury. Sounds like he was more limited at practice, but sounds like they're expecting him to play. So that's the good news there. You want to see what he's going to do after those two excellent exhibition games, both of which he scored over 20 points for KU. I think uh, a big storyline coming into this one is how much is Johnny Furphy's role going to grow into more playing time now? We saw him for the first time in the second exhibition game against Fort Hayes State. Played uh, about 13, 14 minutes for the game. And wound up making a few flash plays, a couple freshman plays in there too. There was the one turnover pass, but I, I was I was mildly impressed with Johnny Furphy in the season opener for KU. Now, possibly you're going to get more minutes now that you've gained a little bit more comfortability here and maybe did so show some of those flashes, or did you just get a bigger leash because it was a Fort Hayes State game? Uh, is he going to grow into a bigger playing role? Is he going to get more comfortable out there? And I think that goes to really all the young players and the freshmen, right? I mean, I've talked about this before. Like, it can just hit immediately. Like, a lot of times with freshmen, you could be struggling for two weeks. It could be two months. It could be the full season. And then a light goes off in your soft 
sophomore year, your junior year. It could be in December. It could be in January. It could be this very next game. You don't know with some of these young players when things are going to click. And I think to that notion, because you do have some youth and new newcomers there, who's going to start at the two coming into this game becomes a big storyline. We saw Marco Jackson start at the two in the Illinois game. Then we saw Nick Timberlake start at the two against Fort Hayes State. We heard some of the post game from Bill Self talking about how Marco Jackson was kind of frozen out there. He was thinking too much and not just playing um, kind of to his athleticism. And with Timberlake, we've seen him struggle shooting the basketball and struggle a little bit defensively that it's left the door open as well. And then Johnny Furphy, as we mentioned, like what's kind of going to be his role. So um, who is the fifth starter? Who starts at the two? How indicative is, is who starts at the two in this game of who's going to start at the two, the rest of non-conference play, the rest of the season? Probably not great, but it does give you at least a little bit of an eye on who has the upper hand, at least coming into this one. Now, maybe, or, or coming into the start of the year, maybe Bill Self views this the same way we saw in Puerto Rico. Because again, Puerto Rico, he started three different guys at the two. And again, as I mentioned, at the exhibition, started two different guys there. What if he uses the next two games, this one and Manhattan on Friday, to do the same thing? Give two different guys starting opportunities before you really hit the big stuff with Kentucky in the Champions Classic in your third game of the season. That'll be kind of the question, but we'll see, I guess, technically who has the leg up right now starting at the two. I think it's hard after Marco Jackson, how he's really struggled in the first two exhibitions. I don't think it will be him. If I had to go with someone, I'm guessing it's going to be Nick Timberlake. But I don't know. Are we ready to get there with Johnny Furphy? And technically, McCuller would be like the two and Furphy would be the three. I'm assuming it's Timberlake, but nothing would surprise me at this position because it seems like all three guys are kind of right there neck and neck with each other. Now, as far as your opponent with North Carolina Central, uh, last season, this was a pretty good team out of, uh, you know, sometimes when you're looking at the Ken Palm rankings and, and if KU was playing a team who was ranked 160th in Big 12 play, you would be like, oh, they should crush them. But when you're playing a team who's like 160th, but they're in like a mid-major or smaller conference, it's like, okay, that's kind of interesting, right? It's just funny, the dichotomy there. But anyway, uh, NC Central finished ranked 186th in Ken Palm a season ago. They went 18-12. and 12. They went to the MEAC semifinals before falling. Uh, but this year, they lost all five of their starters, and they are only preseason ranked 306th in the country on Ken Palm. Uh, they're also 332nd on Bart Torvik and... Uh, 305th um, on uh, Evan Mia Cow's website, evanmia.com. Um, now, they were top three on offense and defense last year in their league. They were just 265th on offense, though, overall in the country compared to 112th on defense. Much better defensive team a year ago. But again, a lot of differences with this team from last year to this year with all those players graduating and so many newcomers coming into the building for NC Central. Things they were good at last season, if there's going to be any comparison, though, they were a good offensive rebounding team. They got to the free throw line. They were pretty good at three-point shooting, pretty good at three-point defense. They forced a good amount of turnovers, and they got a lot of steals. Things they were not good at, though, taking care of the basketball offensively, so a lot of turnovers, uh, fouling, defensive rebounding, and getting their shots blocked. Those are things they were not good at from a season ago. Uh, the head coach, Lavelle Moton, Moton is uh, back for year 15. He's won four MIAC regular season titles, four MIAC postseason titles. So he's been one of the better coaches. On. Brendan Medley Bacon averaged 12 points per game, and he was the MIAC defensive player of the year, got two blocks per game. He's gone. Chris Monroe, 10 points per game. He's gone. Eric Boone was all MIAC defensive team. He's gone. Uh, Marquis Maltzby, Dan Oladapo, Devin Butts. Uh, between those 
three and Boone, they all averaged a combined 25 points per game. And uh, the Butts one was was absolute tragedy this offseason. Like, that's a storyline coming into this whole season for North Carolina Central. He uh, uh, tragically passed away in May unexpectedly and something that their whole community is dealing with. So uh, something I don't know if they'll do like a moment of silence or something uh, on the court at Allen Fieldhouse in honor of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of players no longer on the roster for NC Central from where it was a season ago. And you add a ton of new faces. Most notably is Guy Fontelroy. He played 21 minutes per game at Austin P. Emmanuel Azunabor averaged five and a half points per game at high point. Like these are not names that are jumping off the page for a reason they have 11 new players to their roster so if you think kansas had a, a big offseason nc central has 11 new players to the roster they have by my count i think it's 10 players i don't know maybe it's all 11 are transfers i think seven of the transfers are from junior college and so it is just a ton of new players a ton of transfers coming into the program um side note they do have a new player coming in whose name is Poboy, which is an unbelievably great name uh, his name is Po'boy King, which you are the king for having the first name Po'boy. Delicious sandwich. Anyway, uh, overall, this is – it's not one of those rosters, though, where it's like, hey, they brought in a bunch of guys and their power five experience. They only have one player, which is Fontelroy. I mentioned 21 minutes per game at Austin P. Fontelroy is the only player on this roster for NC Central who played 20 or more minutes per game at a Division One level a season ago. So this is an inexperienced team. One that might be a little bit devoid of talent. I don't know, but a program that's done really well in the MEAC uh, should be uh, good times rolling for KU, I guess, barring the three-point shooting, which remains a big storyline for Kansas. Let's get into our matchups of the game, players to watch. First, this episode of the show is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Uh, I'm going to go back to the football field. We'll, we'll get a basketball one, I guess, after this game. Uh, let's go with the pass. We, we already did the Lawrence Arnold one. The pass to Jared Casey. It was third down and short for KU, trying to ice the game away. And if you get the first down, you're able to kneel it out and win the game out. And you do the play action. Iowa State's expecting run. Jared Casey, who's always this big-time go-to target, being perfect rainbow pass to make sure, hey, he's wide open. Just give him a chance to make the grab. He does with his secure hands. Kansas ices it. Wins the game on the road in Ames. With Athletic Brewing Company, their brews are great tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft and non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you. Or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code Locked On to get 15% off your first order online. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 1-5-15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Our matchups of the game, Kansas-North Carolina Central at 7 o'clock on Monday. Uh, pre-game will start at 5.30 on KLWN and 105.9 KISS, and you can listen to the game at 7 there. Also, I think the game is also on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, so the number one matchup for me is KU ball handlers versus pressure. I talked about how North Carolina Central was good at um, – I guess, I don't, know, I don't know, forcing turnovers, pressuring the basketball a season ago. And, and even though there is so many new players in there, it's it's something that they want to do. And uh, because of some of the big men they lost, including the MEAC Defensive Player of the Year, 
they might be changing things up. So this was uh, Moton, the, the head coach for North Carolina Central. This is what he told the College Basketball Almanac, which is a really good like preview uh, online magazine. He said, I feel comfortable adjusting and formulating things around the personnel. This year, we're going to have to play completely different. It's probably going to be like 40 minutes of hell with continuous pressure. Okay, if you're if you're unfamiliar, 40 minutes of hell, that's what Arkansas was running in the 90s when they like won a national championship. And um, yeah, basically pressuring half court press, full court press, full court man to man in whatever way they want to do it. That just implies that they're going to be trying to force a lot of turnovers. So meanwhile, you go to KU's side, Kansas was 124th in the country last year in uh, offensive turnover rate. So that actually like. It wasn't like a bad number. That wasn't like a great number either, kind of above average nationally. I will say, though, part of that number gets spiked because when when you get into the Big 12 Conference, there are so many teams. Like every team you play, it's like, oh, they're 20th in the country. Oh, they're 10th in the country. Oh, they're 5th in the country in turnover rate defensively. So like everyone you play in conference play was like elite at forcing turnovers. And so that drops the number. If you just look at it in Big 12 only play, probably more indicative. KU was second in the Big 12 in Big 12 only games in turnover rate offensively. So they did a good job holding on to the ball. Uh, so keep that in mind. So they, they have done a good job. And, uh, you know, but it's always tougher when it's in the first game of the season. You might not have gone through how you want to play against the press. You might uh, still be trying to feel each other out and know where everybody's going to be, right? So if you're playing a press team and a team that's going to force a lot of turnovers, I mean, I go back to the one like Duke game a couple years ago in the Champions Classic. That was when it was the first game of the season. You had, what, like 30 turnovers or something like that. Sometimes game one can be a little turnover happy. Fortunately for KU, Dewan Harris really helps this. He did last year, and he'll continue to this year. That said, without really a true backup point guard, Bill Self said that uh, right now, like Marco Jackson can't really man the backup point guard too much, you know, cycling on. Basically, Kevin McCullough's the backup point guard. Um, how much could that tire out Dewan Harris? If you're having to be the primary lone point guard for 35 minutes in a night against a team pressing, you don't really get much chance to take a breather. You know, that, that could really tire you out and, and lead to some extra turnovers there. But overall, you feel good that you do have Dewan Harris for uh, a situation just like this to deal with, especially early in the season and kind of get you into those right sets. But, you know, that, that's kind of the thing. Avoid a 20 turnover game, right? Uh, number two, KU shoot. The three ball, just a big storyline coming into this game because they shot 29% in their uh, five exhibition games, if you include Puerto Rico. I think there is pressure on KU to shoot it well, to just kind of show that they can, to show that that skill is accessible. They go six of 28 against Fort Hayes State from three. They went three of 12 the game before against Illinois from three. That makes them nine of 40 from three in the two stateside exhibition games, just 22.5%. Um, if we take out Kevin McCuller, the team in those two games with three of 29 from three. And if you take out the two banked threes by Hunter Dickinson and Parker Brown, then KU outside of McCuller and their two stateside exhibitions would either be one of 27 or one of 29, depending on your kind of point of view for how you would take those out. So if you add the three Puerto Rico games, again, 29% from three to give you five games of sample size. Um, I think for personal, like, player confidence like if, if you're you know some of these guys who have been struggling to hit shots you need to see the ball go in the hoop and I think from a fan confidence perspective you need to see the ball go in the hoop so uh you're playing a lesser team you should be able to get some open looks knock them down give yourself some confidence and show that you can just do it uh for the scouting report especially because other teams will just crash on the inside if they you know, feel like you can't shoot it. Uh, number three here is KU not getting lethargic or content with the lead. So 27 and a half point favorites on FanDuel. And that means they're expected to win big. 
Not that that's like a shock here, right? I think you saw a little bit of this against Fort Hayes State. You outscored them, I think, 43-23 in the first half. Really good first half. And that was even without you hitting threes. You went 2 of 10 from 3 in the first half, and you were still up 20. Second half got a bit lethargic. You lose the second half to Fort Hayes State. Some of that is you're rotating guys in there, kind of in and out, and you know, you're having lineups that maybe you're not always playing part of it being lethargic, part of it, missing threes, maybe playing a little sloppy at times. There's a lot of reasons that it could have happened, but part of it I think is just mentally it's hard. I mean, if, if you're up 20 in a game, it's hard not to let off the gas pedal, especially in an exhibition against a D2 team. Well, don't have that happen in this one, right? Show that killer instinct, show that if you're up 20 at halftime, you win the game by 30, right? Like, and, and I think part of the big responsibility here is on the bench to continue where the starters pick up. Because if the starters do leave the game at the, I don't know, six-minute mark or something, and you're up 22, and you end up winning by 15 because the bench didn't do as well, like, the bench needs to outplay NC Central here. Because at the end of the day, as much as the bench has struggled so far for Kansas through the two exhibition games, the bench, hypothetically, like, if you throw out your bench lineup in this game, I know KU's not overly deep, so... Maybe an entire bench lineup features like a, you know, a, a walk-on. I guess it would have to since you have nine scholarship players with Zach Clements redshirting. Um, but when, when you look at this, it's it's almost like KU's bench should still be better than NC Central starters, right? Like at the end of the day, if if you took, let's say, all Marco Jackson's coming off the bench, if you put it on Marco Jackson on NC Central, he would be expected to be the best player on the team. You know what I mean? So show out. The bench should be able to win. The starters should be able to win. Have that all-round performance. Keep your foot on the gas pedal and don't let up. All right, we're going to continue on here with uh, players to watch for KU basketball. This will be kind of a new thing we do with our basketball previews in terms of how we do it. So we'll get to that coming up in just a moment. First, this episode of the show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, which is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have some tools such as screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire you want to add that right team member you know don't you think some of the college football teams or college basketball teams right around the corner with the start of the season are like yeah i wish i could add that one more really good player you know you can do that with your business there ain't no transfer portal or you know job or 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 I don't know, restrictions on when you can and can't. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So this is our players to watch. How we're going to do this in basketball now, uh, we do this in football. We have an offensive player to watch, a defensive player to watch. We're going to do that too for basketball. And it is a little silly to do in basketball because you play both ends. That's part of the sport, unlike, you know, football, for instance. Uh, But a player I think can have a big impact on the offensive end. A player I think can have a big impact on the defensive end, whether it's somebody that needs to for KU to do well or somebody that I think has an avenue to do just that. Offensively, I'm going with Hunter Dickinson here. Um, Against Fort Hayes State, their three tallest players, it was 6'8", 6'9", 6'10". Everybody else 6'7 or shorter. It was a couple 6'7 guys, you know, mostly guards after that. 
so he was able to take advantage and they were just able to lob the ball inside to him. And while they're going to be like power five games and, you know, some of your ranked games where you won't be able to do that, there are still teams in D1 college basketball. You're going to be able to do that. And this is one of those right there. Uh, their tallest player for North Carolina Central is six foot nine. Their second tallest player is six eight. Everyone else is shorter than that. So theoretically, the front line is actually shorter for NC Central than it was for Fort Hayes State. We saw Hunter Dickinson dominate inside. You should be able to lob it in for some easy buckets. I would say KJ Adams probably too, but uh, I expect Hunter Dickinson to have a nice debut for Kansas going against a much smaller front line. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, Dewan Harris. This is an inexperienced team playing together. For North Carolina Central, I mentioned 11 newcomers to the team. They're going to be trying to gel early in the season. And on top of it, you have a lot of guys who maybe haven't played a D1 college basketball game. Maybe they played at Juco or maybe they played at, you know, mid-major school or whatever. And now they're coming together, playing in Allen Fieldhouse. You get them heated up. Well, Dewan Harris, this is a perfect opportunity in a raucous Allen Fieldhouse to have Dewan Harris get four or five steals and come steal the ball away against a team who is trying to figure things out on the fly. So those would be my picks. Hunter Dickinson for offense. Dewan Harris for defense. That'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks, our preview of KU North Carolina Central. We'll be back tomorrow to recap whatever happens between the Jayhawks and NCC. You can find our show anywhere you get any of your podcasts. You can also like and subscribe to us on our YouTube page. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time with Locked on Jayhawks.